everyone, and welcome back to How to Self-Therapize. As always, I'm joined here by Dr. Miller. Good morning, Dr. Miller. How are you? I'm well, Rebecca. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Great. Today's conversation is surrounding relationships and boundaries. And when we first talked about this topic, you brought up the idea of you, me, and us. So in a relationship, of course, there's the self where you're aware of your own independent needs and uh, how to relay that to your partner. And then there's you being the partner in the relationship whose needs you're interested in understanding and integrating. So can you just elaborate on the significance of the us and what kind of parameters exist in that space? Yes, I thought you, me, and us thinking about how we bring ourselves into our relationships. So we call that interpersonal. So the me side of it is intrapersonal. The us side of it is interpersonal. And so interpersonal relational dynamics is when we come into a relationship with someone else. Sometimes it's a chosen relationship. Sometimes it's not, i.e. maybe we're in a workplace and we are now placed in a group working with other people. So we have to develop this capacity to have relationships with someone else. And so this idea of really knowing boundaries, because it's important that we know our own boundaries. It's also important that we can know someone else's boundary or understand someone else's boundary. And then we create that interpersonal relationship in between us. And so the benefit of a good interpersonal relationship is I get to be valued, acknowledged. You know, there's some positive interaction. If it's not a healthy interpersonal relationship, then it takes away from my right to be safe, to be valued, etc. And if you think about communication, we're doing a lot of communication about our boundaries every day, but are we aware of how we're communicating around our boundaries that contribute to that shared space of us? A lot of research says 70 to 90% of communication is nonverbal. So that means the way you walk into the room, kind of how you place yourself, how you present your emotions. Um, lots of dynamics are playing out, kind of physically, emotionally, and that awareness of knowing who you are as you come into your interpersonal relationships, as well as seeking to understand someone else as they enter into that same relationship with you. Mm-hmm. And it's important to define kind of there is a boundary that you can set in a relationship and there it can be healthy or unhealthy. So when it comes to actually naming it, a boundary can be emotional, it can be physical like you said, kind of that body language piece. It can be structured very rigidly or it can be more loose. Um, a definition of what a healthy boundary is from a Parkview Student Assistant Program is a limit or a space between you and the other person. A clear place where you begin and the other person ends. The purpose of setting a healthy boundary is to protect and take good care of you. So it's very self-focused. On the other side of the coin, unhealthy boundaries can be determined by boundaries that cause emotional pain or maybe lead to dependence on your partner, can lead to symptoms related to anxiety or depression, and just overall stress. So these are things to look out for when examining the current boundaries and relationships that exist to determine if they serve both parties and in particular yourself. Learning to set healthy boundaries is almost like self, a self-preservation skill because of course if we have and set healthy relationships and boundaries around us, that will preserve our own mental health and well-being, which in turn promotes good general health. 
In your practice and experience, what is the importance that you see of setting healthy boundaries within any relationship that's beyond self-care? So this can be, you know, romantic relationships, this can be within family systems, within a work environment. Where does that importance come from? Hmm. Well, I think you named some of it. If we don't have healthy boundaries for ourselves and others don't respect that in relation to what we need, you can see some of the mental health outcomes which can be more anxiety, can lead to depression. Um, For some people, it could even be post-traumatic stress disorder, where you see a relationship that was very unhealthy around some physical violence, sexual violence, even psychological violence, um, where that dominance pattern comes in. So sometimes in the work, you see the worst of it, and yet sometimes in the work, you see the best of it, too, where there's some really healthy interpersonal relationship dynamic where someone is there to support and help and really wants to hear another person in their experience and that is the benefit of a healthy um, boundary is that someone wants to know who you are Mm -hmm. I seek to understand you and that usually comes with empathy compassion care kindness when the boundary isn't respected you'll see that sense of you don't have a right to have those feelings to have that experience or I'm going to take an experience from you at the expense of who you are so you see a real continuum and you see it differently too over the lifespan because little children don't have a strong sense of boundaries their boundaries are being shaped out by the people that care about them and so they're developing that capacity with the people that care about them and of course you know over time they do establish a voice around that hurts I don't like that Mm -hmm. you know there's some sort of feeling they're trying to express and they're looking to be heard and validated what we hope in all family systems is that the person that's the caregiver can hear that see that understand that or get help to understand that because not everyone has had a good role model coming into their relationships and families so sometimes they need the support to begin to understand what is a healthy relationship what are what is the important or what are the importance of healthy boundaries right Mm -hmm. Um, and that can be taught to people right and that's really notable I think is the modeling piece of how people are brought up and how they see, you know, uh, their parents or caregivers interact when they're young and how they set healthy boundaries. And that will most likely be carried over into romantic relationships or friendships later in life as well. Some other aspects of the importance of setting boundaries is good mental health, good emotional health, um, kind of the influence on others' behavior, avoidance of burnout. It really develops identity and kind of that strength and the autonomy as well. So why set them? I did mention for relationship preservation and for well-being. Um, It's also so that we don't have to endure experiences in a relationship that make us uncomfortable. And there's a quote from Psychology Today, an article I read on how to set healthy boundaries. And it says, rather than fostering resentment, one can instead try to set and communicate their boundaries. So do you kind of mind touching on this idea of resentment in the context of a relationship? And how that usually develops, where does that come from? And then maybe how setting boundaries can act as a protective factor for resentment developing eventually. Right. Resentment is such an interesting topic. I talk a lot about it in practice. And resentment is about unmet needs with frustration on top. So if you think about, let's say my need is to be heard and every time I'm in a conversation with someone I care about and I perceive they care about me, they dismiss what I say. 
And an example could be if I said, you know, I really enjoy the weather right now and, and someone says back to me, you know what, the re- weather's not relevant, you know, it just isn't. So mm-hmm. you just got to get to it. In that moment, I feel that I'm not being heard. And so over time, there's an unmet need. And when it builds in around frustration, I now start to resent, resent the time when I'm talking, I don't want to talk to that person anymore, or I'm feeling that when I'm with them, we're very disconnected. So the importance of dealing with the unmet need is in interpersonal relationships and that idea of opening up, being vulnerable. I'm opening up my boundary to someone to be heard, to be valued. But if in their moment when they respond, they dismiss me, then I'm not getting my needs met, right? And if I can't talk about that and be heard, then at some point I'm going to either leave the relationship or I internalize this sense of invalidation, having a need that's not met, and frustration grows in there. And resentment can really break down a relationship. It is there for a reason to ask us to pay attention to, okay, what is it you need? Are you communicating that need? And if the person is not hearing it, what do we do to try and correct this? Or maybe the relationship can't be a healthy relationship for me. Mm -hmm. So setting those healthy boundaries there really create the time, not only the time, but also the space for a positive interaction before resentment can really settle in. Mm -hmm. Yes, and to be able to articulate your needs and to know you have a right to have needs, but not everyone may want to meet them or maybe your needs can't be met by that person just based on time, location, anything. Too, they're too busy. There's just too much going on. So what do you do to identify that need, try and communicate it over to your person, but then if they can't be a part of, of that, you know, kind of re- relational dynamic, you may need to take that need somewhere else and maybe go into, you know, some therapy, find a good friend, whatever it is you're looking for in relation to the need. Mm-hmm. And I think effective communication is talked about a lot as being a really good foundation for a good relationship. Um, It's a lot easier said than done to always articulate your needs in a way that makes sense for the other person because, of course, you understand yourself better. It's not always easy to communicate that effectively to someone else. So how do we set these positive and healthy boundaries? Um, Positive psychology talks about this framework for personal boundaries. In addition to setting healthy boundaries, we also want to ensure that they are strong boundaries. This means that it has a strong role in setting a strong, healthy relationship, and we are responsible for setting these limits and clearly expressing them. So the first piece of this framework is to define. So define exactly what it is the boundary that we want to set. Identify this desired boundary and we can think about how to the second piece of the framework communicate that to our partner so we say what you need and and it always can be as simple as a no if there is something you do want to do then it can be as simple as a yes and if there is something you do not want to do it can be as simple as a no that should suffice Um, the third piece of the framework is to stay simple and to not over explain this boundary because Explanations aren't always required. If we desire a certain boundary to be set, that doesn't mean we have to provide an explanation and a defense for why that is. Again, the simple yes or no should suffice. And um, just kind of keeping in mind that we all have the right to determine what it is we want with a focus on ourselves. 
this with this in mind it's important to use the I need statements because a lot of the time if we start to use kind of you do this and I don't want you to do this instead of I need this because I feel this way then it's a lot more self-focused and the partner can be kind of more empathetic and um, focused on the needs of you, of you instead of seeing fault in themselves. And then the last piece of the framework is to set consequences, um, stating why this boundary is important to you. And it's almost impossible to set a boundary without some sort of consequence. How do you feel about this framework? Does that kind of fit with what you would uh, Kind of counsel and practice in yeah it's a real basic framework that mm -hmm. actually has steps so a lot of times we're looking for steps so to find out what you need mm -hmm. you know i feel right now that i'm overwhelmed and i need someone that can help me to you know get the gardening done it's a very basic need and yet it's important need in relation to i'm feeling overwhelmed mm -hmm. and you know if you wouldn't mind tonight we can get things done and yet if we can't get it done, then I'm going to have to hire help to help me, something like that. So it's got a consequence in it too. So when I'm in practice, I'm always breaking things down. So what will that look like when you go home and talk to someone about what you need? What might their reaction be? What would you say if that was their response and it wasn't what you wanted to hear because you were hoping that they did want to help you? Um, I usually go through some of the practice of the application mm -hmm. because people can have the knowledge, but it is the application and stay simple mm -hmm. and sort of set that outcome too, that if they didn't respond, it doesn't mean the relationship is over because if you didn't get the response you wanted you may need to ask for more communication at a later date to say you know it sounds like we really can't come to an, an understanding on this issue and it's really important to me I'd like us to make some more time or can we go in to talk to someone and let's try and sort it out with a professional mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that would be your role there as the mediator then mm -hmm. I imagine you kind of hear and understand the emotions and the difficulties and the frustrations the individual may have surrounding their relationship and breaking those emotions down into more systematic steps they can take to diffuse those negative emotions towards their relationship or their partner or even themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I always say set bottom lines. Within every relationship and for your own well-being, you need to have bottom lines. There mm -hmm. are things you will not accept. Right. And usually that falls in line with some of the violence where there's a continuum of behaviors, um, actions that are very intrusive. Um, they make people feel unsafe. They're about power and control dynamics. Mm -hmm. So you need to have some bottom lines because then the consequences might be that this relationship has to end or I need help in this relationship right. to figure out how to end it or get safer. And uh, those bottom lines are important. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So it sounds like you're bringing up kind of the idea of barriers. So why people might not be able to maybe enforce or uphold some boundaries that they set in certain relationships. So of course there's kind of a fear of rejection, maybe fear of confrontation, guilt for asking for too much. Maybe they were never taught by their caregivers how to set these healthy boundaries. Safety concerns, like you're saying, there are situations in which people feel unsafe to be setting these in the first place. So where can people begin to start to overcome some of these barriers and put themselves and their needs first within these relationships to ensure that they are they remain healthy? Mm -hmm. I think you said it well. There's quite a list of reasons why there are barriers to setting boundaries. And, you know, a lot of what we see in the work we do and in the research is people 
may not have gotten their own model through a family system or community or just the group of people that they might be interacting with and so then they don't have the model in the home or the home was trying to give it to them but there was too much other stuff going on it could be illness in the family could be financial concerns etc etc so if all of a sudden you're finding you don't feel you have the capacity to put your needs out there to create those boundaries around what you need I usually look at a couple different um, avenues and there's many these days but really you look online like podcasts social Mm -hmm. media is allowing us to access more information articles books coming into a professional practice of some sort of community agency um, that provides counseling and support around how to develop capacity you're looking at schools are doing lots of educational um, programs universities are running courses um, that are specific to this topic and looking at whether as individuals boundaries um, the one course that I taught over at Mount Royal University is um, interprofessional communication so as we're developing as professionals but it has a whole interpersonal and intrapersonal mm-hmm component to it those courses are invaluable and actually we need to start them even earlier on and we've got lots of great teachers and school communities that are trying to bring it into our little people and with our teens and it this is a society response needed when we're trying to continue to grow and understand how to stay healthy in our communication with our boundaries with the people we care about Mm -hmm. or the people that we're going to interact with based on the things we do in our lives. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like the intrapersonal and the interpersonal really go hand in hand. In order to effectively kind of interact with others, we first have to understand ourselves to really relay that to other people. Yes, that's actually, that within itself is a very powerful statement. In order to be able to help someone else understand who we are, Mm -hmm. we need to understand who we are. Mm -hmm. And how do we do that? I mean, that's really mm-hmm. a life journey, yeah. but it has a process that you choose with intentionality mm-hmm. to begin to understand yourself within the capacity you have with help and support, education, and then you bring that into your interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. And yes. they're two very different tasks that require different efforts in different ways. So it's an interesting journey. And it, yes, it is across the lifespan. And yes. It takes a lot of time for sure. One barrier that many people endure that I did want to touch on is being trapped in in abusive relationships where setting healthy boundaries is not even an option for them. Um, If you or someone you know is in a kind of situation like an abusive relationship, I will be adding various crisis lines as resources to get the proper support um, for victims in these situations within Alberta. Along with Positive Psychology's article on how to set healthy boundaries, I'll also be listing that in the episode's description that informed a lot of today's conversation. Thank you. And the importance of that piece is we always want people to know they have a right to be safe. Mm -hmm. And there are resources 24-7 that allow us to access that support. And then the goal is that you can be safe in yourself and you can be safe in your relationships. And if the relationship isn't safe, you have a right to leave it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, as always, Dr. Miller, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. And thank you all for listening. I hope you learned something valuable here with us today. Thank you, Rebecca. And remember, everyone, be brave, be strong, and take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening.